You're listening to The Ashley Lachlan Show. I'm Ashley, and I'm here to help you build a wildly successful and profitable business on social media. I created my own rags to riches story and built a seven-figure business on social media in the midst of motherhood, and my passion is helping other female entrepreneurs do the same. I'm sharing my best marketing, mindset, and sales strategies to help you love the process and scale your business to six figures and beyond. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to today's show, a very special episode, the birth story of my third baby, Beckham. So I took a maternity leave from all things business this time. With my first baby, London, who is five, I was just in the midst. I was in the very beginning stages of building my own business. So I was still working a full-time job and I got a maternity leave from that job. But instead of just, you know, basking in the new mom glory, I was hustling. And then with my second baby, Bennett, who is two, oh, you can hear our guest of honor. I am currently baby wearing, standing up in my bedroom with my microphone on top of my dresser, bouncing him as I record this episode. So you might hear some baby coos throughout this episode. Little bonus for you. But with Bennett, I was still in hustle mode. I had just retired my husband from corporate America. And so I was afraid of taking my foot off the pedal because we relied on my income 100% at that point. So I didn't really take any time off with Bennett. And then with this baby, when I got pregnant, I realized, you know what? I really want to be present with all of my kids and really enjoy this newborn phase and not have to be hustling. And so I set my business up, put everything on Evergreen and autopilot so that I could take six weeks off, off of posting on social media, doing stories regularly, selling, sending emails, recording podcasts, and maybe some people think that's not a good decision as a business owner, but for me, I decided that motherhood had to come first in this season of life, and I was able to set it up that way, and that is so cool to be able to do that. I think a lot of business owners do not have that ability. They don't have their businesses set up in a way that can allow them to truly just step away and go MIA. But it is possible. And so in future episodes, I will be talking about how to do that, how you can duplicate that so that you can create a business you can walk away from and then come back to and just pick right up where you left off. So anyway, that is why I have been a little MIA. I've just been basking in the newborn snuggles, the newborn stages, my absolute favorite stage. I just love this stage. So now I'm getting back into it and here to record and share with you our birth story. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that this episode is sponsored by Course Launch Academy, my signature program, which teaches you everything you need to know and do to create, launch, and then scale an online course of your own. And as I mentioned, I was able to take time off from my business, but still generate leads, momentum, and income while I was literally just snuggling my baby all day long. And that's because I have 
several courses that I have set on Evergreen. And so Course Launch Academy teaches you exactly how you can do that as well. Whether you are already in business, you're a coach, a consultant, a service provider, you are in an MLM, or you're just a gal who has knowledge and expertise you want to share with others and you want to generate some passive income. So if you are interested in learning about Course Launch Academy, I actually have a free masterclass five steps to creating and selling a profitable online course. You can find the link to that masterclass in my show notes and check out the masterclass. And then if you want to dive into Course Launch Academy, you will be prompted to do that and be given some special bonuses if you join after going to the masterclass. So now let's talk about this baby. I was five days late and very similar to my first baby, London, I was five days late with her and my water broke actually when I was laughing out loud both times. So with London, I was sitting on my couch, I was five days late and I was watching Better Call Saul and a hilarious moment happened, I'll never forget it and I just busted out laughing and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, Sean, I think my water just broke all over the couch and it did. And so this time I was five days late. I woke up early and I had the worst headache of my life, literally the worst headache of my life. I could not function. And I took some Tylenol and I said, "Okay, kids, we're just going to sit on the couch and we're going to watch something because I just cannot parent or function right now. And here's a funny story. I haven't really shared this before and I hope nobody judges us for this. But my husband had shown my daughter, who again is five, Adam's family, I think it's the second one, maybe family values. I can't remember the actual name of it. And so my daughter was like, mommy, I want to watch the show where the baby flies. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you know, with that hand that crawls. And then I was like, Adam's family. And she said, yes. So I hadn't seen this. So I found it. I put it on. And (laughs) this is the irony here. So the Adams family had their third child. They just come home from the hospital with their third baby and the two older children decide to throw it off the roof to see if it will fly. And that's what my five-year-old was talking about. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're about to have a real baby. I cannot have my two children thinking that they can be throwing this baby off of a roof or off any place. So I immediately flipped out and said, we cannot watch this. This is not appropriate. This is not okay. And scolded my husband for allowing her to watch that at whatever point they watched that. So I'm here thinking, oh my goodness, what, what are my kids going to do when this baby comes home? So I said, let's put on Bluey. For those of you who haven't seen Bluey, you have to watch it. It is the most relatable parenting show. I just love the dad. He's so lazy and just wants to lay down and not do anything. But then he gets really fun and it's just very much me. So we put on Bluey and we're sitting there and the episode is where the dad takes the girls to get ice cream. And he gets them ice cream and they say, dad, are you going to have any? And he says, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm working on my body. I'm getting in shape. And he hands the girl a credit card and the credit card is taking so long to process that he decides, you know what, never mind, I'll take a large double scoop. And I busted out laughing because that is so me. I go places with the intention of being like, you know what, I'm I'm being healthy, I don't need any ice cream. But then at that last moment, I'm like, okay, give me an extra large, I'll take it all. And so I busted out laughing and Again, my water broke. I was like, oh my gosh, I think my water just broke. 
So I run to the bathroom and sure enough, it did. Now, both times with my first and with my third, very similar situations, five days late, water broke while watching TV and laughing. Well, they both had meconium inside. So they had both pooped in the womb and the my water broke. It was like a brownish yellow. So a lot of people have asked, sent me messages saying, how did you know? Because in my stories I had shared, there's meconium in there. And a lot of people said, how do you know? Well, when your water breaks and there's meconium in there, it is like a brown, dark green, yellow, awful looking color. So I knew. So I called my midwife and she said, OK, come in right away. You don't want to wait because babies don't like it when there's that yuck in in their their home. And I had known this from my first. My second, my water broke with all three babies on its own. But with Bennett, it, it broke in the middle of the night. I got up, I peed, I got back in bed, and then my water broke in my bed. So my poor couch in bed, <laughs> all of my children have just decided to destroy my furniture. But anyway, um, but he hadn't gone in there. So he hadn't pooped in the womb. So we go to the hospital and they put me into triage and they say, well, you know what? It's actually a really busy day here. All of our rooms are full on labor and delivery and then also in the postpartum units and triage was pretty booked too. So what's so crazy is when you go to the hospital, at least where I am, they make you wait in the waiting room. You know, you check in and you're like, I'm in labor and you're having, I'm having active contractions. And they're like, okay, sit down, have a seat. Someone will come to get you. So you're in the waiting room in labor and then finally, we had to wait, I guess, maybe like 20 minutes. And then finally, they came and got me and brought me back to triage. And I was in triage the entire time. So with London and Bennett, my first two, I did not get an epidural. I wanted an all natural birth. And with London, I was very committed. I did all of these different positions and, um, you know, labored a long time. And then she was stuck in the birth canal for several hours and had to push her for a long time. And her head came out very distorted. Um, but both times with both kids, I had Pitocin. So no epidural, but Pitocin. So I had very hard labors, you know, very strong, forceful contractions. But with this one, I decided, you know, it's my third kid. And I last year had a miscarriage in a very traumatic DNC. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go take the easy route this time. Not that any of it is easy, but I'm going to get the epidural. So went in and I said, okay, I'm going to get the epidural this time. Let's see how it compares. And I talked about this on social media several times in my stories and posts. I asked for feedback. And so many of you have asked, okay, well, what's the verdict? What did you think? And I honestly did not like the epidural. I don't know. My feet were tingling the entire time, pins and needles. Like, you know, when they fall asleep and you try to shake them to get that feeling to go away. Well, it never went away. It stayed like that the entire time. And that was so uncomfortable to me that I would rather have the labor and contraction pains than that and then it was only working like on one side you know they said lay on your side well the side I was laying on was the only side that was numb so then my other side was in excruciating pain and it just and I couldn't move how I wanted to move I felt like a mermaid you know I had no legs they would be like roll over I'm like I can't I have no upper body strength I feel like a beached whale right now so I honestly did not like the epidural however it's actually a good thing that I got it because this little guy, his heart rate kept dropping. Um, he kept decelerating very rapidly and over and over and over again. So his heart rate was normally in the 160s. And then all of a sudden it would drop and drop and drop to the 50s. And it would stay there for a significant amount of time. And each time this happened, oh, 
a flood of doctors and a flood of nurses would barge in. It was this whirlwind of them putting oxygen on me and then they made me keep the oxygen on. Um, they gave me a shot to slow down the contractions, did all of these different things, made me move. And what it was, was my contractions were so long. I mean, they were like five minute contractions, very strong five minute contractions. And again, this is without Pitocin or anything. And the blood was just cut off to the baby. So his heart rate was dropping. And they said, you know, if this keeps happening, we're going to have to do a C-section because it was taking them several minutes to then get his heart rate back up. And it was very scary, but I was very calm. I was in the best hospital for women. It's actually one of the best in the entire world. So I knew I was in good hands. And they were like, you're very calm. You know, most women are crying and shaking and freaking out. And I was like, you know, I know you got this. And whatever you got to do, you got to do. I wasn't trying to be like, oh, I need to stick to my birth plan or anything like that. Like, just get this baby out as safely as possible. So I was in labor for eight hours and I got to seven centimeters dilated. But at that point, his heart rate was continuously dropping and taking forever to come back up. And at one point, they just at the end, they couldn't get it back up no matter what they were doing. And the entire room was filled with doctors and nurses. And then they said, "Okay, we got it. We got to take you to the OR. You're going to have an emergency C-section. And then it happened so fast. So before they said this, they actually had me on the hospital bed on my hands and knees, you know, the most flattering position. But when you are in labor and you have this baby coming out, you know, you'll do whatever. But anyway, so I'm on my hands and knees and then they're like, we cannot get his heart rate back up. We have to go to the OR right now. They started wheeling me before I even laid back down. I was on my hands and knees trying to, you know, flail around like a fish out of water because I really couldn't feel my legs and they're wheeling me to the OR and they got him out within three minutes of saying that so in the room they said we're going to take you in for an emergency c-section and then they literally had him out of me and announced his birth time three minutes later so my husband didn't even make it to the OR he wasn't there for any of it he was able to come in afterwards and hold the baby I wasn't able to hold the baby for about two hours, which I know how important skin to skin contact is right away, but they were worried about him because he had meconium. They had to suction him. They had to, you know, check and make sure he was okay and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get to hold him for two hours, but my husband did, but he missed the whole thing, which is fine. He's very squirmish. So maybe it was a good thing he wasn't there, even though they have a a drape. But the only thing that matters is that the baby came out perfectly fine. He was very healthy, eight pounds, 12 ounces, 20 and three quarters inches long. So he was he was a chunker. It was a big baby. And we named him Beckham Charles. Beckham was a backup name or, you know, second in line when we had Bennett. It was Bennett or Beckham. And we went with Bennett. And then when we found out this was a boy, I was like, well, we're just going to go with Beckham because I still love that name. And throughout my entire pregnancy, We would talk about Bennett and Beckham and, you know, it seemed fine. And then once we had a Bennett and Beckham, we realized how hard it is to keep their names straight. (laughs) Literally the entire time we were in the hospital, we kept calling the baby Bennett or when we would call home to check on Bennett, we would call him Beckham. And so now we have come up with the nickname Beckett to just collectively talk about both of them. (laughs) How's Beckett doing? We're talking about Bennett and Beckham, but we still love both names. 
and all of the kids. So anyway, that is the birth story. It's very different from my first two where with London, I went in with a birth plan. I was one of those ladies who had it printed out. I had given it. It was in my chart. I wanted the lights off. I had a doula. I had essential oils going. I had a playlist and I delivered exactly how I wanted to and really had no complications. And then with Bennett, I was a little bit more lax. I didn't go in with a a written out birth plan, but I knew I didn't want the epidural. I knew what positions I wanted to be in. I didn't have a doula that time because I could just do it myself. And then this third time, the emergency C-section was a very different experience. And I will honestly tell you that giving birth without an epidural vaginally with Pitocin I had second and third degree tears both times. So getting stitch up and feeling all of that, that was nothing in comparison to the C-section recovery. So as I said, it's actually a good thing that I got the epidural, even though I didn't enjoy it while it was in um, because of the emergency C-section. Had I not had it, they would have had to put me under very quickly. But because I had it, they were able to just numb me a little bit more. But The gas pain, the bloating, the constipation from the C-section, oh my gosh, that was a thousand times worse than the worst pain I experienced when London was stuck in my birth canal. (laughs) TMI, I'm sorry for all of this. If you're listening and you're like, wow, this, this podcast has really taken a turn from marketing strategies, but I feel like most of you are women and you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, If not, uh, I'm warning you, but those of you who have gone through C-sections and emergency C-sections, you know what I'm talking about. I came out of that operating room looking more pregnant than when I went in. Sean was like, is there another baby in there? Because your stomach is looking bigger than when you went in. There was so much air inside of me. And I kept telling them, we need, I need a gastroenterologist. There is something wrong. I have never been this distended. My stomach was in ex- terrible, terrible pain. And there was gas pains in my shoulder It was horrid and I didn't have a bowel movement for eight days, eight days of laxatives. (laughs) That's how long it took. And they kept assuring me, no, this is normal because when you have an emergency C-section, they move your organs very quickly and anytime your intestines are touched, they go into shock. They don't like being touched and they kind of get scared. So then they don't do anything. They don't move. And so you become very constipated. And then you have all this air inside of you from the surgery, especially an emergency C-section where they did it so quickly. And it was the worst experience. (laughs) That pain for eight days, the gas pains, and then the incision, it was brutal. And I didn't really, I don't know, I guess I wasn't with it very much, but they kept offering me the good pain medication you know, that night and then the next morning. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to take that. You know, I didn't want to become addicted to anything. And I was just trying to take Tylenol and I could not move. And then people were like, uh, you know, on Instagram, they're like, take the meds. And I took the meds and then I was like, oh, okay, now this is somewhat bearable. But it was still a thousand times worse than the worst pain I experienced during London and Bennett's labor and delivery you know, ripping open with no epidural and then getting stitched up and feeling it. The C-section recovery was 8,000 times worse. So not that one is worse than the other, but I know so many C-section moms have 
they, they feel bad about themselves or they feel, I mean, and I totally understand feeling jip that you didn't have that natural birth experience. You didn't have the vaginal delivery, but in my experience, the C-section is a thousand times worse and makes you more of a warrior. So some people are like, oh, I've had three section, three C-sections, four C-sections. And I'm like, bless your heart. I mean, if you could do that, you could do anything. So again, I'm not saying that one woman is any better than another woman, depending on how she delivered or gave birth or even adopted, whatever it may be. But in my experience, the C-section was a complete nightmare compared to giving birth without an epidural. Um, but he's here. He's on me right now. He's snuggling up to me in this little baby carrier and I am loving every second of it. So I just wanted to share that little story with you and don't worry, I will be back with more content on sales, marketing and mindset. So you don't have to hear about pooping and vaginas and all that kind of stuff on this podcast. Hopefully I didn't didn't creep you out. But if you do want to hear more about motherhood, balancing it all, I can definitely do more episodes on that. So just let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram and I will deliver. But thank you for supporting me throughout the pregnancy and still being there while I was on maternity leave, soaking in all of the newborn snuggles. And thank you for tuning in and listening to our birth story. I'll see you next time. 